Bienvenidos y welcome to Siéntate y Hablemos. El show brought to you by El Centro at Elon University with your host Nico, Maggie y Gaby. Bienvenidos y welcome a todos. Today we got me, Gaby, Maggie, Valentina. For today's episode of the podcast, we have Isabella in the background, you know, doing the behind the scenes research. And we decided to bring on a guest, the 2020 oracle, oratorical contest winner, Manny Sanchez. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. Um, Thank you for the invitation to this podcast. I'm very excited. My name is Manny Sanchez. I'm class 2024, he, him pronouns. And I'm from Graham, North Carolina. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about the inspiration behind that song and why you decided to to perform that song? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I just got a lot of motivation when I just sat down and reflected on my life. Uh, the song was based on me uh, and my younger self. And just thinking about where I'm headed uh, as a Latino boy. I was thinking a lot about my parents and their stories in the in the song I speak a lot about their stories how my father would talk to me about you know go to college both of my parents and I hear that all the time with many Latinx families because um you know they just push forward that idea of hey mijo go to college mija go to college but I feel like as a first generation you have that barrier in front of you where you know you're not, don't have the resources that everybody has. You know, you have trouble finding where to apply. You have trouble finding um, how to do certain things, how to file the FAFSA. And so that's like a big barrier that's in our community at the moment. And I feel like me expressing my fears in the song, really, it's just something that I really needed to say and let the world know uh, what's going on, what went on in my mind as a 10-year-old little boy um, towards the end. Uh, you heard that I got a little deeper and said, you know, personal things, you know, how they took away some family members. And like I remember that really hurt and that really impacted like my drive to actually do something here in the United States. And so I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful that the story is heard. You know, I didn't really expect it, but it's just something that I wanted to share that's powerful and means a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, and we just want to thank you for performing it and for and for taking the time with us, coming here. What do you hope this song means for other people, other students, other Latinx individuals, and everyone? So yeah, I just wanted to spread awareness of like how that feeling is common, feeling of being alone, feeling of being scared, how it's common, you know? Uh, you're not the only one. Uh, if you didn't have parents go to college and you didn't have anyone to guide you, you're not the only one, and so, that's why I really wanted to spread out. Coming from a community that I've come from, you know, the majority of my high school was the minority. And so we were all, like, pretty lost, not going to lie. Our school was kind of defunded, I guess you can say. Um, you know, it's a poor environment, poor community. But, like, that drive inside you is still possible to, like, you know, make it to, you know, a college and like actually work for your goals if you really really want to dedicate your life to it you know so you, there's gonna be a lot of influences I talk in the song about influences that made me you know turn my back against that college route at one point and I just want to let everyone know that um you know 
you can t- turn right back around. Like, you know, you can make mistakes. You're not perfect. But if you still want to continue to succeed and you still get your mindset um, fixed on time, you know, you can do it. And you're not alone. It's, it's just the moral of the story that I want to say you're not alone. And you also mentioned influences and how, you know, it was hard to figure out where to apply. So what made you decide to apply to Elon and um, how's that experience been so far for you and how do you feel supported here? I had it a little different. Um, Back in high school, I actually applied to a program here called the Elon Academy. And so it's for college. It's a college access program for high school students who wanted to see college, but it was mainly for students who were like low income, first generation. So that really helped me a lot um, finding my route. But it's just like that feeling of wanting to apply to that program is what changed my life. You know, if I would have just said, I don't care, and just like lay the application down to throw it away and, you know, not care about college at that one point, then, you know, things would have been totally different. I wouldn't have much access on knowing how to get to college and stuff. But it's just like that's that, that moment in my life where I was like, yo, I need to go to college. I need to get my stuff right. I need to help my family. I need to provide. I need to th- do things differently because I saw a lot of the same thing in my community. Not trying to bash, but it's just like I wanted to do something different. With that being said, it was just like you have to have a turning point in your life where you, you got to set your mind right and get the resources you need. You got to seek for it. You always got to put your heart and just seek. If, it, if The resources are there, but it's just you're willing to go find them. And that's what really drove me i mean yeah those are some very powerful words especially for somebody who's trying to get into college right now and i know right now at least for us like that's a huge inspiration you know to to just know that even if you don't come from the best background even if you don't have the best resources right there for you that you can do something with your life you can do something good and you can you can push forward to to somewhere where other people haven't before you know and we just want to congratulate you for all your successes and and your efforts in getting to this place in your life that very like just some snaps yeah. real quick for you bro like just some snaps bro like that's such a great accomplishment and um Thank God you came on this podcast, right? Thank God you got There's to say your story. There's people out there that need to hear this, yeah. including yes, us too. And so. shout out Elon Academy. That's a great program Elon has. So go ahead. I mean, I don't even know if I want to get into a hot topic after that. Like, I, I, <laughs> right? Like that was so. Like, yeah. I mean, take a second, right, of your day. Pause the podcast if you need to, and just. How's everybody's day so far? Right. How's your <laughs> little self check in? Yeah, have a little self check in and see like. How you got to the place that you got to in your life. Mm-hmm. Have a little self-reflection on that and see. Um, Be grateful. Yeah, man. Appreciate, you know? Yeah. yeah Appreciate really, yourself, too. Right. Give yourself a little pat on the back and being like, yeah. if you're in college, wherever you are in life, give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. And because what you said, man, it's so true. And I feel like a lot of Latinx students identify with that is that they come in to college feeling like a need to provide for their family. And I think that's so real. And I think that's amazing, but I think that's also um, can be really heavy for for students to carry that with. I also really Shout appreciate out. how you said the resources are there, but you have to go out and find them. And I feel like, yeah. you know, it's hard to find that motivation. But like once you find that drive and you were able to find it, and I think that's it's really awesome. Yeah, that's really important to me because being a Latinx younger individual, you have like the opportunity is like huge. I always think I always 
think back, I'm like, or when I speak to my parents, speak to family members, I think about what they had, you know, back back home in their home country or even here when they came with nothing. I think about, like, they don't have, I think about their lack of resources, you know. And so my opportunity to change that, you know, I'm a citizen here in the United States. Facts. I can I can walk freely Facts. with no fear, you know. Yeah. Like, I can do so many things and to just, like, throw that away. It's just, like, it's not, it's, you feel bad. Like, you feel, you feel like you can do more. And I don't want people to feel that when it's too late. Um, you know, when you're young, or even if you've gone through that and you're like, man, I need to change around, you can still impact others you can still impact your little brother your little cousin you can still tell them hey this is not the route um see i wish i had that for me because if i had like an older person come to me like no this is not the right you got to get in college you gotta get it right who identifies similar to what i identify then i probably could have some help but you know first generation is kind of it's hard so you need i mean but hey it's hard but like you can do it. It's possible. Shout out to all the Mannies out hey, there, all the first gens, all the first gens out <laughs> all here, the first gens trying to make it, trying to make it happen, trying to put that work in. And we see y'all, and we appreciate the contribution that you put, not only to this campus but also to this country too. Like your own passion, your own motivation, all of that is gonna push this country forward and is gonna push this country into something new, better, and more exciting because of people like you and people that want to innovate for themselves and. And, and and yeah, man, I think that that um, that can be inspirational to even if you're not Latinx, seeing somebody who's a first generation and be able to fight like that the way that you've been able to fight. That's yeah. tough. That's very tough. Oh, but I agree. Like you have so much ahead of you and like us seeing like yeah. especially Gabby and I as seniors, just seeing how much motivation you have as a yeah. senior, like as a as a first year is really inspirational. And just like there's so much ahead of like the generations to come too, but I'm wondering, like, how how have you found support at Elon so far? Like, do you feel supported here? And what kind of resources have you been able to seek out? And what would you say to people thinking to apply to college now? Like, what what should you look for in a college? And how what kind of support should you seek out? I've been lucky enough. I've been blessed enough to been selected to, like, the Odyssey program here. So that really helped me a lot in transitioning, knowing more people, being mentored by people that have been here already. But then, like, I think about it, it's just like, you know, some other people are not fortunate enough to have such a family like I have, you know. Um, Shout out to them. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think about it, and it's just like every time I see, like, someone who looks like me or someone, you know, I don't know, feeling something. It can be anyone who's like, you know, feeling down. I always feel welcome. I always ask, hey, how, you know, I'm here. Hey, how are you doing? You know, I always be friendly because I don't like that feeling of loneliness. It's something really big in our community, you know, especially going into college. You know, uh, the percentage of like Latinx uh, people in colleges are low. That's something that I want to change after I'm finished with uh, college. Something I want to touch on is to, you know, work towards, you know, increasing that percentage. That's one of my goals because, like, yeah, it's just, like, that feeling of being lost and fear because you're surrounded by, you know, a lot of new things, you know, a lot of new things. But it's just, like, those things can be good for you just because it's new. 
doesn't mean you know it's gonna impact you negatively yeah so it's like everything you see is an opportunity so i mean you know be kind i can say that uh with the resources that i had i adjusted quickly but when other people didn't have those resources but they're still coming here to echale ganas um you know be kind to them motivate them be a resource to them have a handout to them you know uh so they can feel comfortable they can feel uh, welcomed and you can be like that sort of mentor not even a mentor be a friend you know just a simple hello can make do a lot of things so yeah just be kind to the world be positive uh and just make every outcome come your way thank you for those words that was awesome like anyone out there listening right now like I'm sure you're feeling inspired. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a, it's a little little positivity in this yeah, life, right? We need that. There's a little positivity we need that in, this life. in our world. Right. All right. So I know that you'd had your 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 song and all that. And so like what were people like who were people that went and inspired you um to write this song and your inspirations artistic wise to like find that poetry and to find those words to put together? So yeah, I have a big diverse uh music taste you know i listen about everything but the thing you know i mostly like uh is like introspective music like poetry on the, over beats i guess i can name a few artists like Kendrick Lamar J Cole you know people like them Nas I st- like yes, Tupac like you got to keep the OGs <laughs> there yes. yes so like yeah it's just like I believe, like, in that type of music, words have, like, a huge impact. The message holds power in that type of music. And so I feel like, with me, I wanted to provide a message that holds power as well. And so that motivated me into, you know, writing my poetry. It's something that, I guess, um, calls me. You know, it's a little hobby. It's just, you know, writing my thoughts on an everyday basis it's just like a diary you know it's just over beats <laughs> so like i mean it could get personal it could get it's just a wide variety of ways you can use that type of music and so i feel like i just love words man i like mixing words and i like making a message out of those words yeah and i mean artists can have that impact on people you know like i feel like artists has such strong hold on our culture and one of those artists that a lot of people look to for anything Latino, I feel like, is Bad Bunny. Everybody's like, Bad Bunny, if you tell any white kid who do you listen to in reggaeton or who do you know in reggaeton, what are they going to say? Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Congratulations to Bad Bunny to getting to that status, one, right? Because it's hard to get to that status in the United States. Um but that kind of leads us into our hot topic of what Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny just won what award again? So many Billboard awards. He won, what was it? He won seven Billboard awards. Including Top Latin Artist of the Year. Top Latin Artist of the Year. Yeah. So congratulations okay. to Bad Bunny for being able to get that accomplishment. That's huge. But here comes the controversy. And don't get me wrong, I love Bad Bunny. Like, I love, love, love him. But... Did you guys see what he was wearing at the award show? His hairstyle. With the beads, with the braids, with the beads. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. What do you guys think about this? I think he shouldn't have done it. I think it is 
cultural appropriation. Um, maybe if he wasn't intending on doing that, I still think, especially now in this day, it's just like he just shouldn't have done it. I think that's mm-hmm. we fought this so hard, and like we've seen this in society, like black people trying to stop this, and yet it keeps happening. And it's just like there's no need to to do that, you know. Especially at a Billboard award show where it's like where we have thousands of people watching, and with his like height of fame, like. He influences so many people. Now, I don't know. I feel like this was just something he shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, that's really important to understand. Having uh, that type of platform and having those amount of fans is, like, a really powerful thing to have. You have the ability to spread so much with that, so many messages. And just you have that type of influence. And, and doing something like that is just, like, you just have to like do better and like knowing what you're doing. You have to analyze. Hey, do am I aware of what this means? You know, I get I, I guess somewhat of what he was trying to do. Like, you know, trying to do something that he thinks is cool, but fashion is some sort of mm-hmm. new hairstyle, son. But is it but he's it's using not, someone else's not, identity as right. a fashion. I mean, it's icon. nothing that that type of hairstyle is nothing new, especially in the black community. Yeah. But it's definitely something new in the Latino community of kids starting to wear. I see a lot more no, kids starting to wear. I start. I've, I mean, on social media, I see it all the time. Yeah, I see kids can wear it. And like, that's not cultural appropriation. Kids can wear it. And that's not cultural appropriation. Kids, no, kids don't know what right. cultural appropriation is. They just do it because they think it looks good. I mean, what is, okay, what is cultural appropriation then? Do we have the definition? Oh, oh, Isabella's going on. But like, like, even if we don't have the Webster dictionary, like cultural appropriation in some sort of sense is taking somebody else's culture and using it as your own and not giving them some sort of uh, acknowledgement. Exactly. Right? It's just profiting or profiting off of someone else's um, identity and culture. Okay, so what is it? So, uh, Isabella has told me that cultural appropriation is the adoption of an element or elements of one culture or identity by members by another culture or identity. Okay. This can be controversial when members of a dominant culture appropriate from disadvantaged minority cultures. So, is it as bad for him to do it even... Because it's saying... A, from a dominant culture to take it from a minority culture, uh-huh. which Latinos, I would say, are a minority culture. No, but Bad Bunny is in a unique position because of his fame. He has that majority culture, I guess you can say, because he influences so many people that are not just Latinx, first of all. Right. So he can still control what the majority minority culture is. So then what... Do you think that there were that that there would be a place for him to be able to 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 wear his hair like that? Like, do you think that there like without it being cultural appropriation and him just wearing it because he like likes it? No, because then it's just like, why do you want to wear it? Like, why do you find it cool? Like, what is it about black culture that you want to take and make it cool? And like, why wasn't it cool when black people did it? I mean. I don't really have an answer for you for no, that. No, and one. also like, he know, didn't like, he didn't even acknowledge the the history behind braids at all. And I feel like if he was gonna wear it, then you could definitely say that this comes that this isn't something that I'm doing for fashion because it's not a fashion statement. Right. It's something that people do on a daily basis. Right. So 
the issue here is for people to that that people are using the braids more as a fashion statement rather than something as oh i'm going to celebrate a culture with this correct if i'm getting right or no right yeah okay yeah but there's a problem there is that he didn't acknowledge it at all and he's never acknowledged well i can't i can't say never i don't know but like that's not something to be played with with his platform i feel like the Latinx community in general should be more vocal about what's going on with yeah. black lives. And to do something that is a part of black lives, uh, taking it from their culture and not being as vocal as we should be, is just very, it doesn't feel right. It's, n it's not right. right. It's like, how are you going to take something from black culture and then not even say anything on like the Black Lives Matter movement? I mean, but Bad Bunny did. He no, made. No, he, no, had but he, waited, he had a whole he song. He had a whole song. But I mean, he had a yeah, whole song an, before that. But he waited until it was a movement. You know what I mean? Right. And it doesn't make sense though because Bad Bunny did this whole speech on misogyny, machismo, mm. and he called that out. Why didn't he do what? the same yeah. when he wore this style? And you know, why didn't like, he call, out? Yeah, why didn't he call he out the Latinx community? Out. Why didn't he call out the Latinx community yeah. or the white community for? Black Lives Matter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, he could have opened the conversation right, right there. Like, if if he had said, like, listen, this hairstyle comes from mm -hmm. uh, the black community and this is the history of this hairstyle. If he had done that, that could have even been like, okay, this is an open conversation. He's talking about the problems surrounding racism and everything all around this systemic right. problem. But he really didn't. He didn't even acknowledge it in any way. Would it be? Would it be then okay? Let's say that he did acknowledge it. Would it then be okay for him to wear the, his hair his hair like that, or is it still like, mm, yeah, you acknowledged it. Yeah, you brought it up. Yeah, you said this. Yeah, you said that. But you're still taking it. Um, I feel like taking away from someone else's culture. I can put an example of like it kind of compares to like saying the n-word right. you know right, right. I saw a little chart the other day it was like can you say the n-word and add you know you're black or you're everyone else and if it points to everyone else no and if it points to black you have the option you can say if you want you can't right. say it. but I feel like that should be the way you know all things that black culture has because you know the black community, they struggled with that. They struggled with racism, uh, discrimination based on the way they look, uh, the way they dress, the way they did their hair. So that somewhat compares to, you know, the N-word and how that was used. So I feel like since it's been negatively uh, used in the past, just don't do it at all, you know? I mean, do you guys think that we'll get to a place, like, do you think that you can get to a place in the society where it's okay for somebody to wear their hair like that? Like, do you think that... Because I feel like that your hair and the N-word are, for like, they're two completely different... Like, no. I, I I, don't think that they're two completely different things, but I don't think that there are charts... Like, if I say the N-word right now, or if I wear my hair in cornrows to this podcast, I'm going to get two completely different responses, I feel like. No, I would roast you either way for doing I understand. <laughs> I understand that I'll get roasted either. Like, not, I, I'll get some sort of f backlash to that, but... No, they're not completely different. They're essentially the same thing because it stems from the same problem. Like, 
black be black people being called the n-word and then black people not being able to wear their natural hair like it's the same right. thing it all stems from racism so so again it's just i don't think maybe in some future far 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 distant future maybe but i don't think anytime soon well i think that right now especially with black hair like it's getting more and more like normalized to have your not to wear your natural hair to have whatever you i I mean personally in what i've seen i mean that might not be what it is but no yeah i feel like socially yes but again we still have these institutions that still uphold these racist ideals and they're not the same socially Mm -hmm. yeah we we have had the natural hair journey right but like when your job is on the line when you're getting hired and stuff like that no it still doesn't count no one's gonna be like oh yes natural hair no Like it's, I mean, it's about the social construct because like that history is ongoing and it hasn't been there's no like solution for it right now right. so like he can like it w- he should he needs to acknowledge the community but maybe like maybe he can on like pay for like black fashion designers or something right. like that's what needs to be being done is like ahead, right yeah. but like all the so then you doing that does that then make it okay to wear it or still no you no. have to do all that and i don't think so and this like also goes back to the last podcast about rosalia like you kind of like using another identity as right. her own and like he should you know embrace his own identity and like because he has a whole platform looking up to him and like younger kids too right and then i don't want like bad bunny influences all types of people like non-latinx yeah. people as well and then i don't want people seeing him and be like okay that's cool now let's go make it happen when black people have been doing it for years and it's not the same it's not respected as the same way you know i feel like if he were to do that and then like you said like let's say he did everything he needed to do acknowledge the black community said this whatever and then wore it i feel like then if non let's say white people did it then i feel like we would still give be giving them too much power to influence what's right and what's wrong right and that's what we need to stop or come away from i've been looking into whether or not he like if there's any way to look into who did his hair yeah uh so i was as uh gabby was saying and maggie was saying like maybe if he paid black fashion designers and yeah completely i agree and i was looking like maybe he did that for his hair which i still don't agree that he should be wearing his hair like this because bad bunny does have curly hair bad bunny does have curly hair like his natural hair is curly it is coiled and that type of hairstyle is a protective hairstyle for people that have that sort of textured of hair yeah Yeah. so if it's a protective hairstyle and you're wearing it for that but still like i couldn't find any way of knowing who did his hair and so even then they're not being like He's not raising anyone up with this. He's not really opening, either opening the the conversation or just saying, listen, this person did this and this is their culture and it's amazing and it's beautiful. He didn't really do that. He just like showed up with it. Right. If anything, he even added beads to it to show it as an accessory. Right. And that's not, that's not correct. Yeah. And like other people are seeing that and other people will think it's okay too. Like right. you have to think of like how much influence he has right and it's like he can make it a trend himself like he has so many fans and so many people are watching him i mean Lil yachty made it a trend what? Lil yachty in the beginning when Lil yachty came out with the red braids 
you cannot tell me yeah but he did definitely make it a trend after a little yachty came out with the red braids you cannot tell me that did not become a trend i understand no i understand that bad bunny can also make it a trend right i understand that but it's already been made a trend that has already been something that has been made a trend it's a new trend i'm just saying that he's going to influence more people and like you know like seeing someone not of that identity use that hairstyle right that's the problem yeah right but it's still like it's still gonna like i feel like no matter who wears it it's gonna become a trend rhymer like one way or the other i feel like i mean i guess we just need to watch out with who is starting the trend right Non-black people cannot be starting this trend. Right. I understand that. I understand that. I mean, I would do this thing. I was just trying to, you know, play devil's advocate. No, no it's hard See, because like, I really loved him. I like, really, like, respect him. Right. And now seeing this, I'm just like, Because why? Bad Bunny's not... I don't think that Bad Bunny did this in any sort of malicious way of, like, ah, I'm taking black culture. Ah, you know? Like, he spent his entire speech talking about machismo and how to dismantle... Yeah that problem which is a problem that affects him it affects his community and affects the people that he wants yeah. to talk to because machismo and machismo culture is is a big thing and i think that yeah. it is respectable that he continues to use his pro- platform for good you know mm-hmm. yeah um yeah he definitely needs to use it for good but we got to speak about intersectionality between uh yeah the big gulp of what is being done you know uh what we need to be aware of so yeah you can speak of machismo and you know shine a light on that idea and let everyone know about the idea but at the same time you can let everyone know about what's going on over here and you know whole different topic you can still be active in all different ways but it's just like if you're talking about machismo and then you know you're doing something that's degrading you know then i don't know it just doesn't combine well you gotta you gotta be intersectional no in that yeah but in speaking of being intersectional um first not everyone knows what that means so we're gonna define that really quick intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social categories such as race class and gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage oh yeah of course um so a lot in the media is going on between communities personally you know i follow a lot of latinx community things and being a big advocate in black lives matter move in the black lives matter movement and like you know the importance of knowing their history knowing why they're being racially discriminated i feel like uh I get to see another side with the Latinx community where, you know, they're more defensive. Um, They ask many questions like, why am I supporting Black Lives Matter when they're doing these things to my people? I see that. I see that a bunch. Or, uh, you know, there's examples like the ice cream vendor. um, Examples like, you know, just being beaten. This man was like in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement. This man was beat up in the middle of Walmart, like half to death because he couldn't speak English and he only spoke Spanish. And it was a black police officer who was doing it. And um, the woman filming it, people were like, stop. Like the wife, the wife was running around like, help, 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 help. And the woman was like, no, sorry, Black Lives Matter. 
and then that become that just brings this huge divide between Latino people and black people of like, well, if you don't fight for me, then I'm not gonna fight for you type of thing, you know? Yeah. And so that's really a conversation that just uh just started of just like, you know, wow, they're doing this to our people. You know, people get angry, emotional. I get that. But it's like uh, you know, uh, the Latinx community and black people, they have both their different stories. So I don't want to say that we're all in the same boat. But in America, in the in the United States, we are both minorities. And we should work to, I guess, progress in this society. Together. You Together. Know, because we have to tackle the issue, the first issue of white supremacy, uh, you know, institutional racism against minority folks and i feel like us being together is the most powerful thing that we can do and so that thing of you know oh man you know they just they just did that to our people Nah, i'm not gonna fight with them you know i'm never gonna fight with them if they keep doing this you know we have a bad apples too in our latinx community i don't know if many people know that you know it's just not highlighted People are always, like, there's racial, there's racist things going around in Latinx households that we don't talk about. And so, you know, we both have bad apples, but, man, like, we have to work together to tackle the main issue, you know, of being under the white man. That's the main issue that we need to focus on, and being together is the key to that. Right, and, like, I don't know. I just see. I I I agree with what you're saying, and just like, and making sure that it's not just one person's fight or one, one race's fight. You know, this is not just the black struggle. This is not just the black fight. This is this is everybody in the United States's fight. You know, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your race, your creed, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter. It right now, it's not political. It's not about skin color. It's about human lives. We're talking about. The, the beating heart of another human, you feel me? And making sure that those are being protected at all times. And not even only in the United States, in the entire world, this is happening in the entire world. And as Money was saying to Latinx households too, this happens around, I think this is a global problem and we really n do need to address this. Um, yeah, and I think, especially in our community, we're so, we can be so anti-black sometimes, and it's, like, crazy, because obviously we, we stem from, like, we have African, um, indigenous, and European ancestry, and yet I feel like because of colonization, because of, like, all these racist ideals, we're still, like, that anti-blackness is still, like, deeply ingrained in our right. community, and yeah. it's crazy to see how much it has really shown, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think that a lot of people's where they stop with the argument of, well, black people don't really fight for Latino people as much as Latino people fight for black people because we still have people locked up in cages on our border. You know, let 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 us not forget about that. Let us not forget about the people that we have literally lot children, children locked in cages, children dying in cages at our border. And there's not as much... I don't want to say that there's not as much fight, but there isn't, you know? And so I think that that is a lot of where that divide comes from, too, is that, well, where's the fight 
for the people at the border. Where's the fight for that, you know? Yeah, but the thing is, what I tend to notice is that we're not as passionate on pushing right. that idea. We're not, pa- we're not, yo, we can't create a movement. Like, I haven't seen any movements uh, other than the ICE rallies, you know, standing uh, together around the ICE facilities. But, like, w- like, there's nothing being initiated where, yo, we need to make this a global issue. We need to make uh, the issue of, you know, kids being in cages a problem that everybody knows and that we need to let the world know that we're passionate about that. I know a lot of folks are like, dang, you know, they're in cages. What can I do? Like, there's nothing I can do. So I'm going to just proceed with my day. I'm not going to attend a rally because it's pointless. I know a lot of folks like that. And that mentality is what drags the Latinx community down. Because the Black the Black Lives Matter movement, they started off of pushing uh, that idea that we are still being killed, you know. We are still being racially discriminated against. It's been going on for however many years so we all need to stand together we need to fight for that they initiated that and now look it's causing a converse a lot of conversations but i don't see many of my ho- folks back home talking hey they have our kids in cages let's right. go outside right. let's go demand something right. you know they, they're not motivated to go outside they're not motivated to address that problem and why and like why do you why do you think that that even is a thing like why why is that a thing in do you think is that a culture problem like do you guys think that's a culture problem or what yeah i think we i think the latinx community goes about it differently i think first of all the fact that black people have that sort of like privilege to do that because a lot of latinx individuals don't are not u.s citizens and so for them to go protest that would would take a lot and that's it something would putting, scary it would and putting would, their own at risk yeah, yeah. their own lives at ri- like their own ability to stay in the united states right at risk. and so obviously in that situation it hurts but it's like there's nothing to do there's nothing that you can do for fear of mm-hmm. being deported you know that's like i think one of the biggest things of like reasons why we don't see that as much and i think it's it's also a cultural thing i think latinx people don't protest in that way i think we all come from like countries um, where if we did protest, we would be shot on the street. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's different in Latin America, and I think that's very... Um, seeing that distinction here is, is why maybe we don't protest as much. Um, but I do think there is that sort of mentality in our community as well that it's like there, there isn't that push. Um, and that's to say also, like, black people have been fighting for, like, years, like 400 years plus, you know what I mean? Like, we obviously have been fighting as well, but, like, it's different, you know? I mean, it's a different type of fight, too, because, I mean, half of our country, the 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 names of the cities are in Spanish. Uh-huh. We come from Spanish-speaking people. Because- like, all of Texas, Texas, right. San Antonio, Las, Los Angeles. It's not Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, San Diego. Right. All of those are Spanish-speaking words. And that land was taken from right. Spanish-speaking people, from the Mexican people. Right. And and so that fight has been there. But I just don't think that they have been as vocal as black people in. And you almost have to applaud black people for how vocal they have been and how vocal they've been able to be. But at the same time, we're also asking as Latinx folks of like, we need that same support because sometimes we can't do it for ourselves because we are fearful of our our ability to stay in the United States and not have to go get deported 
back to a country where you are facing even more dangers than you are facing here in the United mm-hmm. States. And I think that's why a lot of Latinx individuals um, support, especially like some like younger Latinx individuals support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, because obviously in that situation, we're supporting Black Lives Matter and um, all minoritized individuals as well in that in that sense. You know, we're fighting for all. Right, right. I mean... And I think that's where, like, the Latinx community comes in to look at the black community for, like, how do we organize grassroots change and organize a grassroots movement? Um, and, like, it is talked about on social media, but, like, the actual action steps, like, what's coming out of that? Um, and I do see things, like, talking about abolitionist alternatives to prisons, too. But, and there are, like, I mean, also the school-to-prison pipeline right. is a huge topic right. to be discussed, too. Right. But, I mean, there have been very successful protests, I feel like, for um, Latino initiatives, like the DACA protests, you know, and ICE protests. There are definitely protests and there are definitely movements. Yeah, and there's, oh yeah, and the soldier that died on on the military base. I think there are protests, um, especially in, in heavier Latinx populations. Obviously, seeing one in like, where there's less, I think it's gonna be a bit more difficult because then, again, it comes down to that fear of not feeling safe, of not having that representation and that community to lean on to in order to make these protests be huge, you know what I mean? Yeah, I also think that a huge part of this is, sadly, this is not being really covered that much by the media or at least by the newspapers and the big media sources. So I've heard a lot of people, and I find this really sad, Latinx people saying that they don't really believe that people are being caged uh, caged in the border and in ICE facilities, and, they, and that they don't believe the, like, the cruel way they're being treated. And, that, uh, and when I ask them about it, like, I say, like, well, where, where do you get this information? Where, why do you think this is not as cruel as it really is and they told me like oh no that they've never seen it in the news Mm -hmm. and if it's so important it should be in the news the thing is like who controls the news why is the news like why are the news outlets not covering this really that's what you need to ask for right i mean that just brings us to so many issues you know like the media i mean the media has a narrative and I mean, local news has a script that like their broadcasting company tells them to follow. So they're going to cover what they're told to cover so they don't lose their jobs. And like, I don't know, like people can talk about it on social media, but like where is the change actually going to happen is um, is the question here. I feel like we could talk about this for like hours. Right. I feel like you can literally just talk about. I think we should have another podcast human, on like prison reform. Right. Like, like pr- I mean, yeah. prison abolition. Oh my goodness. Our yeah. prison system. I want to, oh I really want to talk about yeah. that. Okay. I'm ready. So that, that stay tuned for that for next podcast, uh, future podcast episodes talking about, um, you know, prisons and all in, in all of this, you know, we'll continue to open this can and, and if you guys have any ideas for podcasts um, that you want to hear us talk about, just hit us up again on our social medias. I'll drop it again. El Centro Elon is our Instagram. 
I think it's the same for our Facebook. And and I just want to like stress this. I don't think we can stress this enough to just continue to use your voice, continue to use your platform and continue to spread kindness and good like Manny was talking about. And so, yeah, we will see y'all next week. So just stay safe, stay strong y échale ganas. Thank you.